This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Jan Janais. This is another episode. We haven't done one of these in a while. I'm calling it Friday Night Fulham. This is going to be an interesting episode. We have a lot to talk about in this episode. To start off, Giannis and I will be talking about the COVID-19 cases at Fulham. We already talked about that last week. We'll just talk a little bit about that because Scott Parker has talked since then. We will then focus a little bit on the Metro situation. We need to talk about that. And scheduled to join us 30 minutes into the episode, halfway through, is Jamie Reed from FFC TV. And he'll be on to help us preview the upcoming FA Cup match. We have a lot to get to. But before I do anything, Giannis, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fab. I'm absolutely fabulous. And I'm uh, delighted for all the salty Brentford fans right now who, <laughs> you know, it's uh, Wembley isn't for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and getting and winning at Wembley, it's not for everybody. Let's be honest. And yes. uh, they've been very salty since Tuesday night, which isn't for everybody. But it's all good. I'm <laughs> good stuff there, my good, good stuff. All right, all right. Let's get going and let's just start here because again, I haven't had you on since the COVID nineteen situation at Fulham. So I just want to get your opening thoughts on that, and then. I want to get your thoughts on what Scott Parker, who just recently talked, I believe it was yesterday, on it, and get your thoughts on his comments on the COVID-19 situation with Fulham. Well, it's really, it's really erupted in the last couple of weeks, um, I mean, figures-wise. I, I know stats here in uh, Ontario and in Canada have really ballooned. I know in the UK today, was I think it's record uh, death toll. And one of the things 
Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce was uh, interviewed today, and he said that morally he thinks it's wrong that we were playing football. K Mac made a comment a couple of days ago saying, you know, why are we still playing? Um, it's a very difficult situation, but one of the things we do now know with this strain is how quickly it's getting through the community. So we've had a, n- a number of clubs that have been affected. Obviously, our, our games against um, Tottenham and Burnley were, were, were cancelled. And it's a difficult situation, especially with you've had so many games over Christmas. Um, most teams are going to have six or seven games in January, including the FA Cup. Then you've got to reschedule fixtures. You've got teams in Europe, teams that aren't. And... Um, so we've not played since Boxing Day against Southampton. The good news is that we will have had a break, so to speak. Um, and the ha-ha game comes at a good time to give some, you know, one of our lesser, you know, some of our lesser light players some playing time. The negative is we don't really get to, uh, you know, play together as a group. Um, but Scotty said all the right things. Obviously, players were not named, which is good. And uh, hopefully they get better, you know, everybody gets better soon and um, the vaccine, you know, um, does its job and we can get back to some sort of normalcy. But Russ, where are you going now? It's it's a mess. I think we can all agree on that. Totally agree, Giannis. It really is. And uh, you and I were talking off air about it. And, uh, you know, I just want everyone to be safe around the world, wherever you are. And, uh, you, you know, it's funny when, when it finally, it's not funny, haha, funny that mm-hmm. it's all really coming together with, uh, with everything and it hits home, meaning that it finally hits home with, with, with our foam community and, uh, with actually foam football club. And, and it really, you know, it, it really hits you. And, uh, you know, I do like what that Scott Parker did address it, Giannis and, that's going to lead to talk about what he had to say during his presser because we're going to focus on Metro in just a bit. And let's start here because uh, Scott Parker did share his thoughts on it and they were uh, pretty strong on Metro and his situation because now we have learned from the captain of uh, of Crystal Palace. He came out and he basically said he was sorry. We'll, we'll talk about thoughts on what Metro – Maybe you should do. We'll, we'll give our thoughts on it. But what are your thoughts on what Scott Parker shared on the Metro situation? Well, uh, Scott, he said all the right things, and um, and quite rightly so. He's obviously very upset. He think, he believes it's a breach of breach of trust. Um, everybody in London is is doing their bit to try and you know take care of each other. And when the pictures came out with him at um, you know uh, Milivojevic's um, party. Uh, I think I put it out that about within half an hour of it going out, I put it on Twitter. When I now look at this, like this is what we don't want. I mean, he's no. not been playing well. And then, yeah, I know obviously they're friends and yada, yada, yada. But the situation is that he's let his teammates down and he's let the team down and he's let the fans down, most of whom haven't you know, seen Fulham in action in anger for nearly 10 months. So it was very disappointing Mitra and I know that's obviously Scotty was disappointed, said the right things, and and he said they dealt with it internally, whatever that means. Yes, and we're going to talk about that because um, I don't know what that means. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about all this, Giannis, is that uh, Fulham handle things really well in-house, and, and they don't really talk about situations like this. And, you know, in some ways I understand that because again, I'm, I'm a fan of the New England Patriots and they don't tell you anything, but I think that there are certain situations where I think 
that uh, it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to be open, meaning maybe put out a statement of some kind. And um, that's going to lead me to talk about what Peter Rutzler wrote in The Athletic. And because I actually put up a poll on this and I want your thoughts on this. Here's the headline to his article. This is from Peter Rutzler. Mitrovich owes Fulham fans an apology over COVID-19 breach. Now, like I mentioned, it already happened at Crystal Palace. So why not do it on the official Fulham account and have Mitro give the fans an apology? I think, again, I think it would be the right thing to do. I understand keeping everything in-house, that they've done everything internally. But I think he does owe the fans an apology. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think he does owe the fans an apology um, because they will have fans. We you know we may well have fans who's who have lost family members during COVID, and we know that all the Fulham fans have made sacrifices during COVID because you know they've done their thing: the social distancing, hand washing, you know, staying in bubbles, not visiting people at Christmas and New Year, and you got you know. Mitro going out and, and ready well parting. And the optics are terrible. Yes, it's it's not on. And um, I believe he should. I believe he should apologise. He's a public. He's a. He, these footballers get paid a lot of money. Whatever we think of him, he's um he's you know he's a public figure, and um, it it it's um it's very disappointing to see. It's very disappointing to see and. I'd like to see an apology. I think I think he does owe it to the, owes it to the club. He's probably said it to the club. He probably has, exactly. But why not come out in public? And like I said, I understand how they do their business for football club. But I think this is the exception to the rule. I think there's a time okay. and place to make statements. Even the New England Patriots have done this. So I don't understand why it would be a big deal to have Mitro make a statement here like you had mentioned the Crystal Palace captain did. So why can't? Mitrovic do the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. It just the optics right now don't look good. So I'm hoping sooner rather than later, than later we'll hear something from the club or the player or both. But it, it's certainly an apology that's warranted and uh, should be extended to the fans as soon as possible. Okay, excellent. And now um, that's going to talk about you know. And again, they've handled this internally. We don't know what that means, like you and I said. Giannis, and, and I'll mention this because, again, uh, I listen regularly to the Full Mitch podcast, and they actually had a good discussion on this, and I listened to it this morning. And uh, I want to give Sammy James some credit here because he put this out there, and I was thinking about it. So I'm going to bring up this topic, and I want to give him credit. Now, Sammy was just thinking out loud. He was, he was saying he was throwing it out there that maybe Mitro should miss a couple games or have a, a hefty fine. So your thoughts on this, and again, uh, you know, good job by the uh, guys at Fulmish for talking about So I thought we should talk about, like I said, we don't know what they've done, but what are your thoughts on this? Should he miss a game or two? Should he just deal with a hefty fine? You know, again, it's about deterring this from happening in the future. He is uh, a leader with Fulham Football Club, and Shouldn't the club make a statement here? Again, they probably, or I shouldn't say probably, maybe they have, we don't know. They said they've handled it internally. But what do you think that they should have done? Well, um, the fine, I think, the, I'm going to assume they've already given Mitro a fine. And uh, it doesn't matter okay. what anyone says. If it hits you in the pocket, nobody likes it. 
So he'll get a fine. Will he be suspended? Well, we won't find out till um, tomorrow. But um, um, right now we're so short of strikers. Really, it's counterproductive if we if we if we start suspending players. I mean, I w- would I have a problem doing it? No, I wouldn't. And if it is done, would I have a problem with it? No, I just don't think it will be done. I think they'll give a fine. Um, but I'm disappointed again in Mitro because he's a leader in the club. We've got a lot of young players, and um, I don't, um, I don't, um, I don't understand, I don't understand his behaviour. I really don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. And um, he's supposed to be a role model, and he's one of the top, higher, highest played, paid players in the, in the club. And uh, what he did, let everybody down. So, um, I'll be curious. I mean, I really, Russ, really curious of the aftermath of this. Yep. Um, will the club, as in response, say, "Well, you know what? You're not playing well. The commitment's not great. You've gone and done this now. Do we see a parting of the ways? I don't know. I mean, it, it could be interesting to have that. Well, that's interesting. And again, yeah. that's a that's another part of this. I don't know if that would be their way of handling this. You know, and, and again, I'm not saying that they should because I think Mitro should be uh, a part of Fulham Football Club moving forward. You know, we've only seen examples of him loving the club. But I think this, to me, would be sending a message, like you said, a hefty fine or potentially some kind of suspension internally. Like I said, not by the league, but by Fulham Football Club, just to make a statement as a deterrent. You know, not get rid of him. I personally... Giannis, do not want to get rid of Mitra. We talked about this on the last show. I, I think he's an integral part of Fulham. I just think a message should be sent, not just to him, but, but to everyone, that we're serious about COVID-19. We're serious about breaking protocols. We all need to be on the same page, and I think a message should be sent. Now, what's interesting about this is when I sent out this poll earlier that's on the Cutter Talk Facebook page, or I'm sorry, on the Twitter page, um, I uh, someone commented that, well, basically, I'm paraphrasing, talking about the cases with the uh, players that tested positive. Now, the issue with that, Giannis, is that we don't know anything. We, one, we don't know the players for privacy reasons. I certainly respect that. But two, we don't know if they have caught it wherever, you know, that that they broke protocol. So that, to me, is separate than us talking about a situation where someone broke protocol. But if someone has broken protocol, I think that they should deal with the consequences of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Although, although I think that's a great, I think it's a great comment because you could you could question if if a player's contracted COVID, where do they contract it from? And, exactly. And exactly. Because, Mike Reg actually said, you know, again, we've seen it. You can contract it anywhere. Anywhere. So, so you know, it's difficult to to really you know, nail someone down unless if, like I said, if there were protocols broken, then I could understand it. This is different. This was a protocol, a COVID-19 protocol was broken with Mitra. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the irony, of course, is that he, d- well, as far as we know, he doesn't have COVID, although, of course, it's not been reported. Yep. But um, no, I mean, all the players are quite aware that for the, the season to continue, this has been the big thing, for the season con- to continue at any level, Required the the players and 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 the, and the coaching staff to maintain very strict protocols. Um, the cases are rising quickly, 
And uh, there's now the morality of whether people should be playing football when basically society is shut down over there to all intents and purposes. So that's going to start creeping into the game. Now, while you have a playing under that umbrella, if you've got players that circumvent the system, do what Mitro do, did, yep. it uh, increases the potential cause for shutting the game down. But, it's, right. but it also brings the game into disrepute. And it looks really, really, really bad on any player. I mean, Mitro, it does not. It's an eyesore right now because, you know, everybody, wherever you live around the world, are going through this stuff various degrees and we're all doing our bit and um j- just you know he's he's a he's a husband he's a he's a, he's a father he's a, a, a leader and it's a it's a terrible example to set so it is disappointing I, i'm not angry i just feel let down from by him in his behavior and um We'll see what the next steps are going to be. Um, but one thing we do know, Scotty was less than amused in the press conference. In the right Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. And I think that uh, my opinion, Scott Parker uh, showed strength there, but the way that he spoke about this whole situation. And, uh, you know, I think that's what the club needs right now. And again, we don't know the players that have dealt with COVID-19. But like I said, this is a separate situation with uh, with Mitro. This is just breaking protocol. But I, but I think that it's important that we talk about it. And I just want to share this comment because we are talking about Mitro. And, and this is where Mitro divides opinion, even just being a full employer. This is from our friend Chris Davidson in Spain. If an offer comes in for Mitro, then sell him. Not just because of breaking the rules, but because he offers Fulham very little now. What are your thoughts about that, Giannis? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, offers very little to Fulham right now. Chris has a point. He's not playing well. He hasn't played well for well for a little while. He's not been playing anyway. If you can get a price, would you sell him on? The problem with that is you have to get another striker or two or three in. Um, something has happened behind the scenes. This breaking of protocol may be the culmination of a bunch of things. Um, let's see who's, who's, who's desperate enough to want to get a striker that can help them at some level where we can recoup a lot of the cost or will or will he recoup his form, which is the best case scenario. Yep. And maybe a game against the Ha Ha's will um kick that into gear because he's just he's just not he's not looked right this year. No, he hasn't, Giannis. And uh we've talked about this on Cottage Talk. Does it have to do with the system that Scotty's playing? Does he just not fit in the way that Parker wants to play? Or are we letting Mitro off the hook on this? Is he just not playing to his ability, or is it a little bit of both? I think it's that, and I think I just think I think he's not fit. He's not fully fit. Okay. Whether it's and many fans have mentioned that. Yeah, he's just he doesn't. For whatever reason, he's not back to one hundred percent yet. Yeah, he's got he's got he didn't have the greatest pace before, but right now he's got, he's lead legged, and it's and it's sort of odd because you've got two very quick. And creative wingers, really, you know, and Lookman Decker Dover Reed. And I'm not saying, I mean, Cavaliera looks quicker than than Mitro. Yeah. And it's really sort of a waste to have two creative wingers do what they do when you've got a lump up front. So Mitro wasn't like that last year, but he's he's really struggling with whatever injury and, and, and weight. I still question his weight. I questioned it in preseason. He's still, I think, got a problem there. Playing um, for his country, the, the amount that he played has uh, had an effect on uh, his performance with Fulham. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, injuries, injuries, whether we like it or not, they catch up and they come. Like they, you get one knock and you play through, it and all of a sudden a second one creeps in, and then the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. And he's just he's he's a penny a penny for the thoughts of Mitra right now and what's going on in his head. Yeah. I'd really well, like to know. Um, but I do hope that if he does play tomorrow, I mean, a goal might just jump jump start his season. I hope so. I hope so. And I'm still a huge fan of Mitra, you know. And again, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan of his, you know, I love everything, you know, going back to the beginning of his time with Fulham. But I think that, uh, again, if we just deny the situation that he's been dealing with, like I said, not playing well, does not look fit. And then, of course, we're talking about the COVID situation. I don't think we're doing right by everyone that listens to and watches the show. We have to talk about it. We have to be honest mm-hmm. and not pretend that Mitro is not really um, doing all the right things on the pitch. And off the pitch, you know, and again, injuries could be a part of it as well. But, you know, I think it's fair to have this conversation about Mitra. I I think it's very fair. And I just hope that, like you said, he scores a goal and everything gets jump started and we forget about all this and we move on. But I am glad before we move on talking about the Mitra situation that this situation at least has been handled internally by the club. And I'll just say it one last time. I just wish that Mitra made a statement to the fans. I, I, you know, again, I agree with this. I agree with what Peter wrote, and I just think it, it would really go a long way to do that, and I don't think it's a big deal to do that, I, I and I know how Fulham handles their business. I don't think that this is going against the way that they keep things in-house. I think a statement is actually a good thing to do, and uh, I, I hope it's being considered. All right. All right, my friend, let's move on. And uh, we will talk a little bit about this with Jamie, but let's talk about this. I, I, I want to do some transfer speculation. Everyone loves transfer speculation. Transfers, we, yes. We have to go here, my friend. When I saw this, I just rolled my eyes. Let's do it. Let's do it, Giannis. Transfer speculation with Dwight, with Dwight Gale once again. How many times are we going to see this? And I believe he's 32 years old or, you okay. know, again, what? 30, just turned 30. Okay. Right yeah. So he is not a young player anymore. Not a young player. And um, what are your thoughts of us being linked to Dwight Gale again? And do you think this is possible this time? Well, a couple of times we've, we've been very close to getting him. But you've got a player that's not playing. And we've we've talked about this. You know, he's too good for the championship, not good, not good, uh, good enough for Premier League. Yeah. It's so kind sort of, of an in-between. Sort of an in-between. But where I think this would be a good move is actually because of what I said about five minutes ago about Mitro. Yeah. Because when you've got, you've got Lookman and Dekodova Reed with pace wide, if you add pace down the middle, that becomes tough. And that means that it, it would allow Scotty to set up very, very much as a, a counter-attacking team, you know, that, 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 that hits teams on the break. Teams will get nervous if they're attacking and then all of a sudden they see these three yahoos fly down like gazelles and all of a sudden you get taken for pace. I mean, someone like Paul Maguire, Maguire, Harry Maguire, you know, and Lindelof would have had nightmares seeing these three bear down them. So if it's, you know, for tactical reasons, adding Gale would actually make sense in terms of adding pace to the attack. Um. And I think there is. I actually think there is some. Um, I think there's some story to these rumours, 
because it's happened earlier. I don't think this is an accident. I think uh, Gail wants to play, and um, we're a club that would like him. And can we? And would we play him? Yes, we would. And um, he's, um, you know, I think he'd be a good addition. I think still think we're another striker short. Right. Uh, and they've got to take into account what could happen with Mitro, all the potential loans out. Will we get any earns in? Um, but um, I did laugh when I saw it, but I think this time it might, it might actually happen. I wouldn't be against this happening because I could see the way the Fulham are playing. I could see how Dwight Gale could fit. Now, I've seen some comments from the Fulham supporters that he's injury prone. I'm not going to disagree with that. That's actually very true. But, you know, with this situation, with COVID-19, getting a player, say, you know, from, say, outside of the U.K. right now, I think is going to be very difficult. And uh, I think it's going to have to be, you know, again, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying to not look outside of uh, the U.K., not or just even in, just in England, but I think that it's just going to be difficult, Giannis. I, you know, I think that they should be focusing on the championship, focusing on players like, you know, like Dwight Gale, because I think it's going to be difficult to get someone from outside of the UK right now to come based on everything that's going on in the world. So I certainly understand that. And uh, that's why I wanted to mention that Fulmer are in a tough spot because they are a striker light, you know, or, you know, again, no matter what way you look at, even Scott Parker has said that. Scott Parker has talked about this, Giannis. He knows. I mean, I mean, he knows what what we know, you know. So you know, it's very interesting that we talk about that. And and I want to mention one other thing because, and again, I want to give credit to the uh, Fulmish podcast because you know they're looking for a solution to our striker issue, and they're looking internally. You know what we already have. You know, some have have said, well, how about Ruben Loftus Cheek? Here's an interesting one, and again, I want to give credit to. The Fulmish podcast, I listened to it this morning, so I want to ask you the same question. Could Bobby Decadover reed play up front? Now think about this. Play the Mitro row instead of Cavallero. And then, you know, you could have, when Kenny Tete is ready to go, Kenny Tete plays that right wing back role, and he could slot in. What are your thoughts about that? You know, and again, they had a very interesting conversation. I want to give them credit. One of the downfalls, I can't remember which one of the guys said it was that they don't know if Bobby Decadovery can hold up the ball because actually Cavallaro has shown that ability. You know, great stuff on the Fulmish podcast today. I would highly recommend listening to their latest episode, all their episodes, and congratulations on their 300 episodes and that they're going beyond that. What are your thoughts about what they brought up? Could Bobby Decadovery play up front if things don't work out getting someone in? And I do think that they will. But what are your thoughts about this? Could it work? Yeah, it could because he could play anywhere. <laughs> he could put, we can put it in the left back. I mean, he's been brilliant. The, the, we, we've got a player that's that coachable um, and that's that versatile in a number of positions. Yes, you can utilize him. You can ask him to, to hold the ball up. Maybe he can't play the, the classic center forwards role. Yeah. The thing about him is he's got he's, he's a deceptively good passer. He's a passer and mover. Right? We know that. Um, he's got quick feet. He can shoot. And um, he will he will look to spread the field, and he's good at running into pockets. So he's one of these fellas that uh, Scotty could say, "Look, I need you to do me a job, Bobby," and they'll be okay. What am I what am I doing? Yep, and that's it. And he'll just 
And those are the players you want. Bobby Dekadova, somebody put on Facebook earlier today about he's, you know, uh, BDR has quietly, you know, has quietly won a lot of fans. No, he's not done it quietly. He's done it, he's done it loudly. He's done it very loudly. Absolutely. And started from last year. This this fellow can he's, this fellow can play, and um, he's been a very productive member of the team. Much better uh, Premier League uh, performances than he did with Cardiff. That's for sure. He looks a uh, he's a player. He's a cat that's been let out of the bag, and he looks like he's having fun out there. And um, he's done really really well. So can he, can he play up front? Yes, but really, there's no excuse for us not to get strikers. And there are free agents out there, Ross. Oh, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not, you know, no. I'm not saying Bobby Decadovereed and don't bring in a striker. Let me stress that. And I'm seeing the comments that people are are commenting while we're doing the show. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as an option, you know, again, in the meantime, to try to figure out to get the best out of your squad, would that be an option? You know, again, if say he doesn't want to go with Metro, say he wants an alternative to Cavallaro. Because Cavallaro, for all the good that he's done at that position, and he's done a lot of good, he's just not a scorer. Bobby Decadova Reed has a better ratio to score. You know, he just is just a better goal scorer than Cavallaro. That's kind of where I was going on this, and that, and that's where the guys on the Fulmich podcast were. I'm not saying don't bring in a striker. Let me just stress that. I want them to bring in a striker. I think they need to bring in a striker. I'm just saying, in the meantime. As an option, and even when you need to, why would it be so terrible to play Bobby Decadova Reed in that role? That's no, all. It be. No, it be- wouldn't be at all. Because, again, you're trying to get the most out of what you have right now. And I think, you know, and again, if you're just asking me, I think that he could potentially do the role better than Ivan Cavallaro. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. This is with Kenny Tete coming back. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I found the Fulmish guys, you know, again, just a good conversation on it, so I thought I would bring it up. With you, my friend, but you know, and again, just in the transfer window in general, mm. let's get to it. We're obviously focused on striker, right? Yeah. Anything else that you're looking for in the transfer window? Well, uh, back four looks pretty set. We've got Congolo could back come back, but we don't know when. Um, there's Hector and Reem. Um, there's going to be a number of players. I mean, Steph Joe, K Mac, Seri's been linked to Galatasaray. Um, they will want to play. I saw that Knockout's uh, loan was extended till the end of the season. I would like, um, I'd like to see if we can get you know one, if not two, strikers in, and um, and maybe that's about it. If we if the, if there was any chance of getting an attacking midfielder in, that'd be fine. But of course, we have to have a we have to have a squad of twenty five players. So there's really got to be a lot of swipping. Swift and swatch, well, and that's, that's going to be a, a tough one, right? And you know, and that's something that I think we really should talk about when we talk about the transfer window. We have to talk about players going out because players have to go out, right? Yeah. You know, we do have this bloated squad. There are players that, again, are not getting a chance to play. I, you know, we could also talk about the Seri situation. Possibly, he'll be going to Galatasaray again. There's all all this talk about potentially on loan, but we'll see. We'll see, but but if you bring in players, who's going to come out, Giannis? And then it, here's a player that we have not talked about. How about Josh Onama coming back? Yeah. I, also part of the mix here. Yeah, that's 
And that's a tough one. I mean, you, the first two people I think of in terms of loans out could be Tim Ream and, and Maxime Lemarchand. Okay. Um, Lemarchand's not played a lot. And Tim Ream, and I'd be low to, because he's a left-footed centre-back, but he's going to want to, he's age 33, he's going to want to get a little bit of playing time. Yeah. Josh Onoma, I don't know how he gets in this lineup unless... I don't know either. Unless there's a clause that says we can send Loftus-Cheek back, but, but Parker likes him and Parker thinks he'll come good. Um, so we'll see there. But those are the two. But then does that leave us like at the back? You've got Kenny Tatty coming back. Yep. You've got Hector there, but the fullbacks are playing very well. Plus, you've got Joe Bryan as cover. So could you get away with, get to, you know, for the last, what, we've got 23 games in the season? Um, it would be a risk getting rid of both Le Marchand and, and Reem, but I think we could. I don't know with, with Arnhem. I just don't know. I just don't think... I don't think there's space right now. And um, and up front, I mean, Naiskin's Cabana works very hard. Yeah. I think he'll probably be able to stay on, but there's some, there are some difficult decisions to make, but ultimately it has to be to create the squad, the 25 that will keep us up. And he's and uh, Scotty's going to have to make... Uh, have some tough, some courageous conversations with a few players, um, and uh, but ultimately, whether we love them or we don't, yeah, we do want the squad that's going to that's going to finish one point or plus one goal difference and the same points as team in eighteenth, and so that's why getting a striker I think is number one. If you can get two, even better. Okay, I'm just going to share some comments. Here's from Steve Lydia. Congol has been a waste of our 25-man squad place being injured. It's an interesting point yeah. followed up by Ben Lawrence and LaMarche on Congol. That will make space for someone. We've already talked a little bit about that. Here's an interesting one. Again, this is from Steve because we, we're talking about needs. Play Brian on left wing. We've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. I thought? wouldn't be a rest of that. Yeah, I wouldn't be a uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Bryant can do. It. I mean, I know it's you know we're going to moan and go. He can do whatever he wants. As far as he's <laughs> I mean, he can. He the other day that you know it was, it was New Year's Eve and it was the moment of twenty twenty. It was yep. Sir, Sir, Sir Joe Bryant. That moment of that free kick, um, oh, and yeah. that goal with the one two with Mitchell. That and and if there are any Brentford fans on here, you're on the wrong channel. Go to the, <laughs> go to the bees one. You're here. This is full of. Well, he could do whatever he wants. He can let him. He's just legend. Legends. He doesn't need to do. Oh, it. He doesn't have to kick a ball ever again for the club. He could leave on loan, and we'll still love him because of that yep. moment. What's funny, Giannis, is that I actually spent part of New Year's watching back the uh, playoff final, and uh, you know, again, it's just it's just wonderful to look back. And how can you forget about? Joe Bryan, and um, I'm just going to share another comment here. And it looks like Jamie might be with us. I think he's just getting ready to join us, and I'll bring Jamie on in a second. Here's uh, Ollie Ward. Don't mess with the defense. They've made a massive difference. It's all about up front. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic at the back. Let's okay. not forget Ariola, who's been superb. Oh, he's been fantastic. Absolutely superb. He's been fantastic. Okay, Giannis. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Jamie Reed from FFC TV, and we're going to start our preview of the upcoming FA Cup match against QPR. Okay, Giannis, let's get into it. Let's bring on our special guest. Joining us from FFC TV is our good friend Jamie Reed. Jamie, 
How are you doing? You're on with myself and Giannis. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, Ross. Yeah, lovely to see you and Yanis. I hope you're both keeping uh, nice and well and looking forward to uh, a bit of FA Cup football tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> and we look forward to talking a little bit about that with you. But to get us going, I really want to just talk about the season so far through your eyes. You know, again, we're not quite halfway through, but I want to get your thoughts on Fulham season so far. And then and then we'll talk a little bit what's been happening lately. But let's just get your view of the season through your eyes. Well, I think it was a slow start, wasn't it? I think everybody would agree with that. And I think there was mitigating circumstances. There were a lot of new players that have come in to, uh, to join the club. I think the positive for me is that the players that have come in have quickly adapted. I think there's been a greater style of uh, football. And when I say that, I mean, I think the team has worked hard off the pitch and you look at Scott Parker he's a football man through and through you know he lives and breathes the game and I think that shows you know the players have got that tried and tested formula where they've done a lot of their work at Mossberg Park and then come the weekend or the midweek game wherever it might be they understand the pattern of play that Scott wants to adopt so I think it was a slow start and I think it's steadily improved you look at the uh, goals against Colum, and Yanis made a great point. The goalkeeper, Alphonse Ariola, is absolutely superb for Fantastic. me. The two central defenders, wonderful players. And I think the other defenders have all played their part. You look at Bobby Dekeldova Reed, he's come in on that right hand side and helped out uh, Ola Aina. And over on the left hand side, Anthony Robinson Russ. I think he's been absolutely oh, fantastic. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, Jamie. And, you know, and that's what's great because we've actually seen the development of these players. And it's, and I'm glad that we're talking a lot about the players. Again, a complete new defense, you know, and that takes time to gel. And you've watched it right in front of you, Jamie, from, say, the beginning to what we have now. It's like night and day. Yeah, it is. And I think it just goes to show how much hard work does go in on the training ground. And I think that's reflective. Anderson's made a big, big difference. Yes. I was very impressed with Tosin Adarabayo when he came into the side. And again, an absolute snip. I think one thing we need to talk about at this point, Russ, and people will always say I'm a glass half full merchant, and I am. I always try and see the positive in things. But you look at the transfer windows and you look at the recruitment, I think Tony Khan and his team have done an absolutely wonderful job. A couple of seasons ago in the Premier League, we brought some good players, but what we couldn't do, we couldn't sort of get everybody to gel and yeah. some of the good players couldn't necessarily do it in a Fulham shirt. You look at the players that have come in this season and I think you've got to give a big, huge tip of the hat to uh, to Tony and his staff because they've worked wonders. They've brought the right players to the club and not only the right players, but the right temperaments and the uh, the ability to want to come into the side and perform. And that doesn't always happen. But I think if you get the right characters in, as much as ability, it's about what you do on and off the pitch. And I think we're seeing players who uh, who want to play for the club. And that's a real positive. And I'm glad that you said that, Jamie. That's a great point because you can have the most talented player, but if it's not the right fit or if they don't really want to be at the club, I'm not saying that there's a player... I'm not giving any specifics, just in general. If they're not for the cause, if they don't want to be there, then it's just not going to work. It could be the most talented player in the world. You're not going to gel with your teammates. It's pretty obvious that these players are enjoying playing together and they're working together very well and they're, and they're playing for the for the manager, which I think is very key. 
Yeah, absolutely. The three of us are all Fulham fans and everybody watching around the world, wherever that might be, Fulham fans as well, and echoing those sentiments. And that is the uh, the huge positive. I don't think that Scott overcomplicates things. I think he gives people the right sort of structure, the right sort of balance. And one player I think we've got to look at and perhaps pick out who's been a real linchpin in midfield. I'm talking about uh, Andre Frank, Zambo and Giza. Oh, I think it would be absolutely wonderful. And you think back to the back end of last season or the season in the Premier League, when Scott came in, he got something out of him and he played remarkably well. He really did. And throughout this season, he's been absolutely superb. And I think that sort of echoes those sentiments that, uh, that both of you have been sort of making. Everybody wants to, uh, to go out there and perform for the manager. Absolutely. And I think that's key. You know, you all have to be on the same page and you all have to believe in the plan that's in front of you. And they're all buying in. It's about the buy-in. If you don't have someone that's buying in, that's going to hurt you. And it doesn't seem like they have that issue. But Jamie, right before you came on, we were talking a little bit about the transfer window. Quickly, I want to get your thoughts as you're watching the club, you and Jim on a regular basis. What do you see as potential places where the club needs to strengthen you know Scott Parker's already said we're light at striker what are your thoughts about that and is there anywhere else where you think you know what maybe they need another player at this position or or at another position what are your thoughts I think I've got to be honest and say I don't think we necessarily need to do too much and sometimes I think you can sort of over tinker and Scott has mentioned that uh, he would like to give some of the players who aren't getting an opportunity the chance to uh, to go out and perhaps play, uh, play some football. And right. I think of somebody like Jean-Michel Serry, who's a talented player, but hasn't really got any game time this season. He wasn't in the 25-man squad. Um, I think there'll be an opportunity for him and one or two others perhaps to uh, to go out and taste some football. And I think that's what you want to see. You want to see players put up their hands, rather like what Anthony Knockhart has done. He could have perhaps sulked and thought, look, I don't want to go out there and play football. I want to be a Fulham player. But Scott didn't necessarily think that he would get much game time in the Premier League. So he's been able to go to Nottingham Forest. And he's certainly picking up, isn't he? His form and performances yeah. have steadily sort of improved. So that's a positive. I think there'll be some players leaving the club without doubt. I'd like yeah. to see a forward in because I think we are short in that area. There's some talented young players coming through. And certainly you look at uh, some of the players in PL2 and one or two of the youngsters who've uh, been given an opportunity. I think there's some talented players who will get an opportunity between now and the end of the campaign. But it's a very, very difficult sort of league to come into and yep. look to try and stake your claims. So I think we've got to be realistic. We've got to think that Scott does need some players to come in. I wouldn't look at wholesale changes, but I would like to see a forward and perhaps one or two additional squad players coming in. And I tell you what, one player who I'm excited about getting an opportunity in the second half of the season, and that's Josh Onema. We were just talking about Onema. How does he fit in all this, Jamie? Because again, we have so many Central midfielders, where does he fit in all this? That's a great point to talk about. Yeah, I think he'll get an opportunity because he's a player that Scott trusts. And you look at what he's done. He did very well as a young player at uh, Tottenham. And he was very, very highly rated at uh, White Hart Lane. He got the opportunity to come to Spurs. And I think it was a remarkable piece of business that we managed to get a lot of money for Ryan Sessegnon, who, let's not forget, is a very, very talented player. So I was sad to see Sess go 
and yep. you know if there was an opportunity to uh, to get him back i'd uh, jump in the car and go and collect him it would be lovely to uh, to see him back at fulham but you have to say we've done remarkably well to get josh to the club it wasn't a sort of situation where he came as a uh, as a make weight i think he came yep. as a talented player in his own uh, right and Scott, Matt Wells, Rob Birch, you know, guys who worked at Spurs, saw that ability, decided to bring him in. And I tell you what, I think he'll be a very good player to uh, be in and around the squad. Whether he'll be a starter to uh, to get things up and running in the new year, I'm not necessarily sure that will be the case. But I think he'll steadily work his way into the side. And rather like he did last season, I think he'll show everyone the uh, the talent and ability that he's got, Russ. OK, excellent. Giannis, do you have any uh, question for Jamie? No, but I was just I was thinking, I, are you as pumped, Jamie, about forget tomorrow's game, next Friday, next Friday. <laughs> are you as pumped about that game as I am? I, I, and I'll, the reason being that, you know, um, when Scotty came to the club, we knew there was a mess. And he said that he had to try and change a culture within that the playing staff. And he did that. Yeah. Everything else is history. But for the last 12 months ago, the bang has been going around about Premier League managers, and particularly Lampard. You look at Lampard's record at Derby, and now you look at it at Chelsea. And Scotty's done such a wonderful job, quiet job of doing everything. And this is going to be... Re- I'm really excited about that game because it's a litmus test of what Scotty has done as a coach a true coach with limited resources versus what Frank Lampard has done, spending $200 million. And I think Scotty is going to be fired up as hell for this game. I think he's earmarked this and has gone, that is the showdown. That's where I'm going, to, I'm going to prove that what you can do with coaching. And I, I'm so excited for, for Scotty because I think he's, I think we're going to be ready for the brothers. I really do. I was wondering how you feel about it. If it, Rarely do we have that coaching coaching showdown, but this one I think could be. Good point, Giannis. Jamie? I I think it's a wonderful question, Giannis. I really do. And uh, yeah, Russ agreeing. And I think you can certainly see that, that Scott has done a wonderful job. And the pressure's on Frank Lampard. It really is because he spent all of that money. And let's not take anything away from, uh, from Chelsea because... If all of their players click, you would expect them to win the game. And that's not being defeatist. I think that's being realistic. Having said that, you look at the way Scott's got our players playing. And I think it goes back to what I said at the start. I think the Fulham players are clearly playing for the shirt more than what the Chelsea players are. Fulham players aren't earning the money that uh, the Chelsea players are. I'm not saying that the players aren't well recompensed because uh, the club are good players and do look after their players. But... The Chelsea players are on, well, real big, big salaries, aren't they? And the pressure is on them because uh, you would expect them to be in the top two, if not top of the Premier League with regards to uh, to how much Frank Lampard spent. He is a very, very talented young coach, young manager, however you want to look at it. Take nothing away from him. I've been very impressed with him. I think he handles himself well in the media. But let's not forget Scott. He goes completely under the radar. And I tell you what, Yanis, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question. And I think we will be ready for that fixture. I'm looking forward to it, certainly. That's very interesting. Coach versus coach. It's going to be interesting. I'm glad that you brought that up, Yanis. It gives us something to really uh, sink our teeth into uh, t- next week for that upcoming match. Okay. Jamie, before we really uh, talk about the uh, FA Cup match against QPR, I and I think this is a good lead-in because uh, I think we're going to see – 
some of the ramifications. We have to talk about the – I want to get your thoughts on the COVID-19 situation with Fulham. And, um, again, uh, I saw Scott Parker's comments on it. It sounds like things are heading in the right direction. What are your thoughts on all this with the um, with all the cases that they had and uh, how they're dealing with it? Well, it's a global pandemic, Russ, and it's affected everybody. And you hear different stories and different people have got their own take on it. But you've only got to look at the amount of people that have lost their lives to know that uh, it's very, very serious. Absolutely. And all of our thoughts are with everybody who's suffering, whether it be losing somebody or whether you know somebody who uh, has had difficulties and perhaps they're now feeling better. You really do feel for the players and those that have been affected because I think it almost puts football in the shade when you see such situations like this. The club, for me, has handled it brilliantly. It's very, very difficult. Scott would have loved to get the players out there. And let's not forget, in the Premier League, there's such great significance on the fixtures. You don't want to go to Tottenham. You don't want to go to Burnley. And you don't want to be in a situation where you're playing young players or you're not playing your full side. Certainly, the Burnley fixture represented a great chance to pick up three points at Turf Moor. So I think the club did things right. They said, look, OK, we're going to get these players tested. The players were tested. There were a lot of players suffering, a lot of players who uh, were clearly under the weather and that was picked up in those tests. And they said to the Premier League, look, I'd like you to convene, I'd like you to have a meeting and I'd like you to reach an outcome on whether the game goes ahead or it doesn't. The club did things in a professional way. Yes, OK, I can understand the frustrations of Burnley and Tottenham, but you've only got to look at the integrity of the competition. Should Tottenham have picked up a big win or Burnley picked up a big win? Is it fair on Fulham? Is it fair on the other sides, whether it be at the top or the bottom of the Premier League? Not for me. So I think everything is right. They've worked hard on the training ground. It's had a thorough clean. And it's unfortunate. You see Aston Villa, you see... So many of the clubs that have been in this situation, Newcastle, you can't do a lot about it. It's just one of those things where a lot of people are suffering with uh, uh, the effects of the uh, the virus. And it's a real big concern, isn't it? And fortunately, he says, touching wood, hopefully we're now over the uh, the worst of it as a club. Hopefully. Hopefully. But as you said, this is an ongoing situation worldwide. This is not just limited to foam we're talking about because obviously we're, we're foam supporters, but I just hope that they are on the other side of it. Like, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing what Scott Parker said, that they're on the road to recovery with the situation within foam football club. I just wish everyone a, a very speedy recovery and get back to uh, yourselves. And uh, it's just a tough situation with COVID-19. And I just wish everyone that is like you said, Jamie, very well, who's suffering with it, have lost members, families, friends, it's its terrible. And uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about everyone that has had to deal with it. It's terrible. But um, I think uh, I agree with you, Jamie. I think Fulham have handled it about as best as they can. Okay, let's now focus on the FA Cup match that you and Jim will be uh, covering tomorrow. So, Jamie, I'll just go to you and then I'll get, get Giannis's thoughts. Your thought on playing QPR and what do you think we're going to see from a Fulham lineup? Yeah, I've tried to get a, a feel for what Scott Parker is going to do based on his uh, press. So what are your thoughts? I think we'll get to see some squad players, uh, Russ, because uh, take nothing away from the FA Cup. 
I think it's a wonderful competition, but it has lost that little bit of its magic, that little bit of its appeal. I think the players do enjoy playing in the competition, but there's such a great significance now, isn't there, on the Premier League. You look at the amount of money that the club can earn just by finishing perhaps one place up in the division, that it means the greatest significance has to be played on the Premier League. And if we were to finish fourth from bottom this season... People might say, look, you know, you're being a little bit uh, down on the players and we can finish higher up the table. I'd love that to be the case. But I think if we could finish fourth and bottom, it would be a wonderful season. And if we could have a little cup run, well, that would be nice too. But certainly for me, the big, big prize is to uh, stay up in the Premier League. And I think that's why Scott will uh, will have a look. He'll be forced to uh, to possibly not be at his best because there are one or two players that have missed a bit of training and he will leave one or two out, I'm sure. But I still think the uh, the team should be strong enough to uh, hopefully see off QPR. OK, excellent. Giannis, I'm going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. Again, we don't know the players that have been affected by COVID-19 that will not be available. We just don't know. But what would be your approach against QPR? As Jamie said, just rotate the players a little bit. Um, the priority has to be to stay in the league. You've got players that have been playing too much. Give them a chance. They're playing against the QPR side that's struggling at the moment. Uh, I mean, I like Mark Warburton as a coach, and I've got a lot of respect for him. Um, but the results just haven't gone their way, and um, he's under pressure there. I, I, I don't think they're going to go down, but I do think that a nice little cup run for them would help. Um, it's funny how, I mean, if you look at the squad from last year to this year, they, you know, they're, they're barely recognisable. But the big, the loss of Eberecha Eze and what he's done at Palace, yeah. and we saw him last year and saw what he could do. But he, I mean, he's, he's taken it to another level. Um, but but he will be, Scotty will have one eye on the game next Friday for sure. Yeah. And uh, so players that haven't played so much, rotate them in and hope we can. Um, Get a result, and I agree with Jane. I mean, I'm excited for this weekend, but it's not for the Fulham game. I hate to tell you this, but I'm really excited about the Marine versus Tottenham game. Oh, because it's such a spectacular story that you've got a ninth tier team, um, the biggest game in 130 years, and uh, just you know, they've managed to get sponsors into the game and everything they've done. It is really the romance of the FA Cup growing up as a kid, and it's going to be so exciting to see that game just because Mourinho's already said, he's, I'm going to put a lot, a lot of my best players out, which I think is super. So, you know, mindful of the, the ha ha, I call it the ha ha game. You know, we want to make it through, but the, the way back when FA cup was all about the giant killers versus yep. the minnows and the Marine Tottenham is such an incredible fixture just because it's so unthinkable to happen. And it's such a tragedy that we COVID, they're not going to have fans up there in, in uh, on Merseyside, but um I feel good. It, in our, from our perspective, we make a, a number of changes. Uh, we can already guess who's going to come in. And okay. And I think we should be fine. Okay. That's going to lead us to end with talking about predictions. Giannis, I'll go to you first. What's your prediction? I have to apologize to Ollie. You just said, is this a Fulham channel or a Tottenham channel? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 th- I, think I think we're going to nick it. I think, uh, I think we'll nick it 2-1. Um, I'm curious to see the, the players that he's going to pick. I think, um, you know, I, Scotty can't put a foot wrong in my eyes anyway. And I think we'll be fine. And um, I hope and I hope it's a good game. And I think, you know, whether you're following your QPR or fans around the country, we all need to be cheered up right now. And this is one of the few sources of entertainment we do have. Yep. And so I hope it's an entertaining game for both teams. 
And I'll be watching that. How about you, Jamie? You're going to have a first-hand look at this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Yanis. I think it might end in a 2-1 victory. I fancy that uh, QPR might score first, and that's what happened, wasn't it, the last time we went there last season. And let's not forget that game, because after losing the first two games back, after the uh, the lockdown, the Brentford and Leeds fixtures, there was that's... pressure on Scott going into that game. We won't we at Loftus Road, and that was almost what really kick-started and got us going. So the club's made great, great strides, and really push forward in the time from that fixture to this. And I'm very much looking forward to it. I think we will nick it. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And I agree with you guys. I have one final topic and this actually comes from a regular watcher of the show. You could say listener and Jamie, I want to get your thoughts on this because I saw this. I'm like, you know what? This is a good topic for us. Rescheduled matches work in our favor or not later in the season. What are your thoughts on that? I think it kind of depends, doesn't it, on the uh, the intensity of uh, the side that you're going to be playing. There are some midweek fixtures or midweek dates available, so we might be able to get the season in uh, or might be able to get the fixture in earlier in the season than, uh, than what you think. But should Tottenham have sewn up a top four place later in the season, maybe it will be a good time to play them. But I think okay. you can always say there's, uh, the, the, there's pluses and minuses. You know, Burnley could be safe later in the season, but there yeah. could be great significance on both sides. So uh, I think it's a good point that, uh, that Brian makes. And uh, thank you very much for, uh, for posing that question. But I have to think to myself that uh, it probably will be slotted in sooner rather than later. I think we can go to Turf Moor and win. And I tell you what, I think we could shock a few people in that fixture at, uh, at White Hart Lane against Tottenham. They're a See, very, very talented side. But I'm not overly concerned because I think we're playing so well and we look so solid defensively. See, Jamie, I'm glad that you brought this up because I've said this and whenever I say this, people are you know, looking at me like, why are you saying this? I don't see a club right now, if you use Liverpool as the litmus test that we cannot play with, Man City, again, yes, potentially Man City is one that is just going to be very difficult to get anything off of. But why can't they get a result against Chelsea? Why can't they get a result against Man United? And why can they not get a result against Tottenham, Jamie? I don't see any reason why they can't. They've already shown the ability to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And bang on for me. You two chaps have uh, watched the games, you've watched the matches this season and you have to think to yourself, Manchester City are a real talented side and it might have been more than the 2-0, but you look at the goals and it was a uh, a fairly soft penalty that was given against uh, Joachim Anderson. He was very disappointed by that decision when the penalty was awarded. You look at the uh, the goal, the penalty against Liverpool, would they have scored outside of a uh, a set play, you know, whether it be a free kick or uh, a penalty. I'm not necessarily sure they would have done. And it was a soft penalty for me. I still stand by that. And I think to myself, on another day, that penalty might not have been given. And that's Liverpool, who are the reigning champions, of course. So let's not forget Manchester City. I think they are a wonderful side. Pep Guardiola is a great coach. And sometimes I think you have to think to yourself, yes, okay, they are the better side and we will find it tough whenever we play them. But yes, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, you know, all of the sides up at the top of the table. Look at what we did to Leicester, and I think they're a very talented side. Yeah, I was just thinking so, about what, yeah. while we're talking about it. Look at Leicester City. Yeah, brilliant, up at uh, Leicester. I think what he did, and it goes down as a tactical masterclass, and I think sometimes that goes under the radar. You look at a lot of sides, and they play that high line, so there's space for forwards to run in behind. And you give somebody like Jamie Vardy's time and space, 
He's going to eat you alive. He loves to get that opportunity just to go one-on-one with the goalkeeper and he can cause you problems. So our defence sat a little bit deep, gave him a little bit of space in front and he had to work from wide areas. And the two central defenders went out there, coped with that. And it goes down as a tactical masterclass from Scott for me. I think he's a talented coach and I think he looks at opposing sides and sort of views them on their merits. Jamie Vardy, if you stop him playing Leicester on a one-man side, I'm not silly enough to say that, but he is a key talisman for them. And right. I think Scott got that absolutely spot on. Right, and I agree with that. And you can look at the Liverpool match as well. He stopped yeah. them from playing. And Giannis, I want to get your thoughts. And I'm glad that we're going to end talking about this because it's going to lead us to the next match, talking about Chelsea. And I'll say it again, why can't they? Because I think part of it has to do with the tactics of Parker and really learning his craft and being able to put out these game plans that the players are playing for. They're playing for the manager. They are executing what he wants them to do, and it's paying dividends. So why can it not continue to pay dividends against Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham? Why can't it? There's no reason why not. I mean, as Jamie said, the the game against City, um, I mean, City looked very good. and I didn't realize that at the time. But it was really the beginning of City tightening the ship. I mean, defensively, they've looked absolutely ironclad um, since that game. I mean, the first goal, they, they, the hits were five, five minutes gone. And that, honestly, that, and the penalty annoys me. Uh, because at that point, you know, at that point, we still had a chance of being in there. But the results since, even against, let's look at even the game against Southampton, where, you know, uh, with, even without Romeo um, and even without Nathan Redmond, um, they found, you know, this, there's still really tough time and they didn't really break us down. They found, you know, they found it difficult. And if we keep it this tight, we're going to be difficult to break down, but the pace up front is going to really worry teams. And we talked about this early, Jamie, in the show about, you know, if we were to bring in a striker and the, the, uh, Dwight Gale, um, rumors have come out again. And I, and I pondered on the fact that if you've got Lookman playing on one side and they could overread in the other, but you've got Gale in the middle. You've got a problem because if you are defending like Lions and now that we take you on the counter, watch out very, very quick. And that's why I thought it, that might happen. Um, but as long as we're staying defensively compact like we've been doing, and again, Scotty, uh, then we're in every game. We're in every game. And um, as I said, um, next Friday is going to be a lot of fun. Okay, great stuff. Jamie, thank you so much for joining Giannis and I tonight. I call this Friday Night Forum. We've done a few of these, and uh, it doesn't happen often that we can do a Friday Night Show. But thank you so much for joining Giannis and me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for the invite. Okay. Giannis, I hope you enjoyed it, my friend. It was wonderful, and thank you for coming on, Jamie. Please give our best to Gentleman Jim. Keep keep those wonderful comments coming to have me rolling on the floor. (laughs) Jim passes on his best to you both and to, uh, to everyone watching and listening. Yeah, and uh, I'll just share this one thing. I literally, Jamie, watched uh, all kinds of uh, highlights of the uh, playoff final, and it's just so wonderful to hear Jim. And uh, I'll just keep saying that I, I watched, I watched back the match, the entire match, and just to hear Jim's comments, it just, it's just so wonderful to hear him. And uh, please give him our best. Definitely give him our best. Of course, he's a great guy, and uh, he loves what you do. So uh, oh. keep up the good work. Okay, great. Well, listen, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk for a very special guest, 
Jamie Reed from FFC TV and Yashanes. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.